This is a 980 CKNW podcast. This is The App Show with your host, Mike Agarbo. Unlocking software secrets for smartphones, tablets, TVs, and more. Also featuring app experts, Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. You are live with The App Show, Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. Thanks for tuning tuning in. We've got an awesome show. We'll, of course, be talking about our Hot 5 app countdown. This week, it's Hot 5 hiking apps. We'll also be chatting about what's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave TV. And we've got an awesome guest. Uh, we're going to be talking about privacy in retail stores. You heard about uh, the story where a mall in Calgary was uh, tracking people's faces uh, through their mall directory. Uh, now one of the employees there say that they're tracking cell phones as well. Well, we're going to talk about what that all means and what we can do to stop that. Let's talk about some of the app news, though. Uh, some interesting stuff happening in the app worlds. Uh, Apple's reportedly asking developers to adopt subscriptions and hike app prices. Yay. But to be honest, I'm actually <laughs> not surprised here. Um, there, there's, I think there's probably good reason for this. And I mean, if you are an app consumer, you're sitting there going, well, I don't want to be paying a subscription price. I'm subscriptioned out. And, you know, these things have gone from $5 for the app to $6 a month. Uh, but when we take a look at it, the apps that we were paying 99 cents for back in 2009 and 2010 uh, were very simple apps. Um, they are now more comprehensive than the applications that we used to pay 60 to $130 for on our PCs 10 years ago. So the research and development, the teams that go into building them, uh, the... Con- it's huge now. Yeah, and, and we expect constant updates. Like when you when you whip open your app store and you see that there are 78 updates in the 500 apps that you have installed on your phone, there are teams of people who are working constantly to you know uh, enact bug fixes, add new features, uh, give us a reason to continue to come back to these apps. So so the the ninety nine cent to four ninety nine model of funding these apps just doesn't work. And I like I think, that model though. I, I love that model too, but it's one of those things where you're going to see the trade off of the app that I purchased. If it's a one and done and it's not going to get those updates, then yeah, sure, that's worth five bucks. And there's going to continue to be a market of app developers out there who will probably see the niche there and say, you know what, I will be able to devote the resources to create that app once and not have to worry about updating it too much and not add additional features. So if you kind of want the lighter app experience, that'll continue to be there. But if you are somebody who is investing serious time in your mobile app development. Say, for example, uh, companies like Affinity or Pixelmator, uh, they make you know software that rivals uh, Photoshop. And so when you're looking at getting this for $29.99 for a one-time purchase or even $99.99 for a one-time purchase, and then they, that app continues to be developed for the next two or three years, uh, that's very challenging for the developer in order to uh, fund their own model that way. So this is no big surprise. It's not as insidious as it sounds. Um, and I think Apple's doing the right thing both for users and developers by making sure that we've got good quality apps and good quality developers uh, in the long term. I can't afford it anymore. <laughs> like I'm, I've but got like a million subscriptions. You know what, though? I think that it will force us to be a little more intentional about what we use and not just download any app that strikes us as interesting. And it will make that environment a little better for app developers who are investing so much time and energy and resources into creating 
high quality apps for us. Less fart apps? Fewer fart apps. Yeah. Fewer fart but, apps. But, Fewer, yes. But the, uh, but the fart apps that we're going to get, they're going to have a better tone and tenor. There's going to be more <laughs> selection in the timber. Uh, you can actually choose a number of sort. Anyway, we're not even going to talk about that anymore. Yeah, let's move on to the next story uh, here on the app show. Uh, Winnipeg's six ride-sharing apps are taking a bite out of taxi numbers. Womp womp. <laughs> I'm I'm not sad for the taxis at this point. I'm sorry, guys. If you drive a taxi out there, is this ammo, I love though, you. Is this but, ammo for the BC government to say, hey, we really need to slow down the ride the ride sharing services even more to make sure that our taxi industry is not devastated? This is this is absolutely ammo for BC commuters and BC taxi customers to look at this and go, uh, we're completely underserved, and we would absolutely love to see this happen. Because to be quite frank, I mean, in the last three weeks, I've spent probably a collective hour waiting for taxis in Vancouver. That's just me. I, I'm with you, but at the same time, I, uh, I came across a story last week about uh, how New York is capping the number of Ubers out on the roads. And part of the reason why they're doing this is because there have actually been six taxi driver suicides this year in oh, New that's York not, that's not good. because their, their income is dropping so significantly due to how many Ubers are out on the road. So at some point, we have to factor those things in too, that these are people's livelihoods. Absolutely. I mean, there's a very interesting situation in New York with their medallion system. And we should probably say this. If you're out there and you drive a taxi and you are feeling like you have some mental health issues related to this, please reach out to someone. I mean, that in the, in the utmost seriousness, and that goes to anyone, right? I mean, if you're, if you're having difficulties or challenges, talk to somebody. Um, but, you know, this model is not tenable anymore. At least it's not tenable in a city that's looking to grow, in an area that's looking to grow the way that they, the and lower mainland is. very seasonal. Yeah. So it really is time for us to, to, to look at this model again. I, I mean, I, again, I've put this challenge out to the taxi industry a number of times. This is a service issue. Um, it's a customer service issue. So fix your apps because your apps look like they were designed on iOS 6. We're near coming up on iOS 12. Fix your stuff. Let's look at the numbers here in Winnipeg. The latest numbers show that there were 15,000 rides in June uh, reported by ride-sharing apps registered with the city, while traditional taxis reported 418,000. So it's it's not like the ride-sharing apps uh, have taken over. They, they've taken a nibble, not they, a bite. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think it's it's serving a need out there. It absolutely is. So, I mean, again, back to the taxi industry, you know, fix your process, make yourselves more appealable, and uh, to the government, let's, uh, let's have some more choice for people out there. Uh... Tinder, Christina's favorite app. Uh, Tinder co-founders just sued the dating app's owners for $2 billion. Not a shock again. Like We, we see so many of these things in, uh, in sort of the app economy where we have uh, you know, owner-operators who have come up with a great idea and, uh, and you know, the, the funding behind it and basically trying to find a way for uh, these two groups to work together. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Well, uh, in the lawsuit, uh, the plaintiffs uh, claim that Tinder's owner uh, robbed Tinder employees by manipulating financial information, undermining Tinder's valuation, and unlawfully stripping away their Tinder stock options. It's kind of nice, eh? You're, you're basically you're hired by a company. You're given these beautiful options. You probably take a salary that's a little bit lower because you think that these things are going to vest at a fantastic price for you, and then you find out that somebody is cooking the books. Heck. <laughs> Well, uh, they're still doing well, though. Tinder's the number one dating app out there. Would you, if you had the opportunity to work for them, would you swipe right? <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I don't know. You had to go there, right? I had to go there. <laughs> uh, Android 9 Pie 
is now available on Pixel devices and the Google Beta program smartphones. So this is the latest incarnation of uh, the Android operating system, further fragmenting that entire world. <laughs> it's, it's one of those fun slides that you always see at Apple WWDC where they have the, you know, we've got 75% of people on iOS 11 and there's like 0.75% on the latest version of Android. Um, we've talked about this before. Uh, Google really needs to absolutely decouple uh, their apps from their uh, from their operating system updates and they need to be able to provide those operating system updates decoupled from both the uh, phone manufacturers and the carriers. Um, you know, we've got some devices out there, like some Samsung devices are getting earlier access to um, uh, Android Pie. Uh, obviously, if you've got a Pixel, and this is one of the things that we've said in the past, if you really like your operating system updates, you're guaranteed 18 months of opt- of updates if you buy a Pixel. So uh, so that's kind of cool. And I've got a number of friends who are on Pixel, Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL, and they're loving uh, Pie right now, because uh, who doesn't love Pie? Uh, but if you're sitting there with, uh, with older Android devices and you can't get access to this, it's incredibly frustrating. So we're going to say it one more time. Google, get with the program. We still have lots more to talk about on today's program. Uh, in a little bit here, we'll uh, be chatting with uh, our friend uh, Anne over uh, Ryerson University about uh, privacy in shopping malls. They're tracking us. What can we do about it? We'll also be doing our Hot 5 app countdown and, uh, of course, what's streaming this week on Netflix, Amazon, and Prime. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back shortly after this. We're back with the app show. Mike Agarbo here in studio with uh, Graham and Christina. We've got a, a really uh, interesting uh, topic and, and guest here uh, on the line to talk about uh, our privacy and being tracked. You might have heard the uh, story about uh, Cadillac Fairview uh, over in uh, Alberta uh, tracking people through the mall directory uh, with a little camera, seeing how old people were, their gender. Uh, now another employee has said that uh, they've also been tracking uh, cell phones. We've got uh, a fantastic guest on the line. Her name is uh, Anne Kavukian. She is the former privacy commissioner commissioner for Ontario and uh, now uh, with uh, Ryerson, uh, Univers- uh, Ryerson University. My tongue is not working today. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Anne. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I believe you lead the Privacy by Design Center of uh, Excellence. Of uh, Excellence. That's right, at Ryerson University. So you were excellent? Without a doubt. <laughs> uh, now, privacy by design is excellent. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, this this was an interesting story, and a lot of people were surprised that uh, a shopping mall was tracking them. Now we've heard that uh, they've been tracking cell phones uh, as well. Was this a surprise to you? Well, you know, it was more of a disappointment than a surprise. And what disturbs me the most is that these shopping malls think it's perfectly acceptable to use something like facial recognition technology. Your face and your biometric information are the most sensitive type of personal information out there. So if you're going to collect someone's facial image, you have to seek their consent. So not only was consent not sought, but there was no notification. There was no notice given to people that your facial image is being captured here. That is completely unacceptable. And and that's what I object to. The uses of these technologies in such a manner that is completely lacking in transparency or accountability. Were they breaking any laws? Well, that's a good question. And two privacy commissioners, the Federal Privacy Commissioner of Canada and the Privacy Commissioner of Alberta, are now investigating this. So I'm sure you'll have a ruling on that soon. But uh, arguably, uh, the fact that they are capturing 
any personal information that is especially as sensitive as a biometric would require consent. Now, I understand these guys are saying, um, no, no, we, we don't actually collect any personal information and we don't retain it. The, the fact that the, the camera, the video surveillance camera, captures a facial image detailed enough to perform the analysis required to determine one's age and gender means that you're collecting personal information. That is clearly what what you're acting on. So, of course, you're collecting personal information. And I'm guessing that the commissioners will rule that some type of consent is required for that. Well, they're apparently also tracking our cell phones now, and I'm imagining that's through oh. Bluetooth technology or yes. some, some And cell some phones, I mean... Cell phone technology, GPS location data, that can track all of your comings and goings, you know, within the mall, what stores you're going into, how long you're hanging out there. If you're going into, I don't know if there's any, you know, sex toy stores in these malls, but if there are, um, would you, you know, it's your business if you want to go into it. It may not be something you want wildly associated with your name, but surely you should have the freedom to go wherever you wish in the mall without concern that your movements are being tracked. It's kind of freaky. And, uh, you know, I've, I've known that this technology has existed for a few years now. I just, you know, you never know how much it's being uh, implemented. I, I guess this is maybe a wake-up call for malls and, and, and retailers uh, in general, because I'm sure, I am positive that a number of them are using this. I don't doubt that for a minute. But what causes me concern is that they think they can use this kind of technology without any notice, at the very least, to their clients, their customers, let alone obtaining positive consent. And that's what's disturbing, because you can connect all the dots these days and get quite a picture of where someone goes and what they're buying and how long they were there and all the surveillance activity. When you're just out, hopefully, trying to have a good time in the mall and you know walk around, shop where you want to go, it's nobody's business that they should be tracking your activities. That's completely unacceptable. Reminds me of that uh, movie with Tom Cruise, Minority Report. You know, he walks into yes, the gap yes. and, you know, they automatically knows they know who he is. Uh, and I mean, we're, that, te- that technology is here now. It's here now, but the thing is, you have to seek people's consent. You see, I always tell people, privacy is not a religion. If you want to disclose your information, you want to consent to this, be my guest, as long as you make that decision. Privacy is all about control, personal control over the uses of your personal information. And there's no information that is as sensitive as a biometric, especially a facial image. And remember, if this data is captured and then retained somewhere, you have no control over it. Let's say there's a crime, a robbery that happens somewhere in the mall, and the police come knocking, you know, with a warrant. Then Cadillac Fairview would have to release this data to them. They would have no choice. That's the problem. You don't know how this data can be used at a later purpose. I always tell people to beware of the unintended consequences of collecting this kind of data. What can we do about it? Are there any solutions here? The solution is, I'm sure once the reports come out from the privacy commissioners, of course, follow whatever they conclude. I'm guessing that they're going to say some kind of consent is necessary, hopefully positive consent. But forget about the regulation. Companies should be 
leading with embedding privacy into their operations. We call it privacy by design. Lead by showing your customers the respect you have for them and how much you respect their privacy and that you're going to seek their consent if you're going to collect any personal information from them. If you lead with that, you will obtain their loyalty, their repeat business, and it will attract new opportunity. That's what I want companies to do. Make it a win-win proposition. Not this either or. We're trying to hide the fact that we're collecting facial images. I mean, really? That's not the way to go. We're talking with our good friend Ann Kavukian. Uh, she's the lead over uh, at Ryerson University for the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence, all about, uh, I guess, privacy uh, in uh, retail settings. <laughs> Do you think people care enough? Oh, absolutely, Mike. In fact, all of the public opinion polls in the last few years, Pew Internet Research and other public opinion polls, they've all come in in the 90 percentile. 91% of those surveyed expressed concern for their privacy. 92% were concerned about the lack of control they had over their personal information. I've been in this business well over 20 years. I have never seen public opinion polls consistently in the 90 percentile. So concern for privacy is at an all-time high. Trust is at an all-time low. There is such a trust deficit. And the way you fix that is you tell your customers how much you respect their privacy, how transparent you're going to be with their operations in terms of using their personal information, and how you're going to get a dialogue with them. Transparency and respect for privacy are critical. And I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, today and uh, giving us your uh, insights and thoughts. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. When we come back from the break, still more to talk about on the App Show here. We'll be doing our Hot 5 App Countdown. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina and Graham. Uh, before we get to our Hot 5, uh, we've got our Facebook tip of the week. Graham, what do we got? So our Facebook tip of the week is how to stop Facebook from sending you birthday notifications. Uh, if you're a bit of a birthday curmudgeon, which I know there are some people out there, and you're getting sick and tired of seeing that notification, because with the amount of friends that most of us have on Facebook nowadays, it's somebody's birthday every single day. Uh, you can actually get Facebook to stop sending these. So the basic way to do this is actually turn off notifications to mobile uh, by going to settings and notifications and Mobile, and you can actually select birthday notifications, turn it off, and you are done with having to celebrate those particular days for those people who may or may not be that special in your I, life. I could be honest, I'm loving that, right? Because those those birthday notifications are driving me crazy. Well, I'm you here for what? you. I stopped using Facebook, and now I'm missing my friend's birthdays. Yeah, but, but yeah. I have to log in there once a month and like pull out the upcoming birthdays because I'm so terrible so at this. I'll, I'll give I'll give you a secondary tip. If you go into on this works on iOS and I think it probably works on Android as well. If you create a contact for someone in your address book, they actually have the birthday field in there, and there is a separate calendar in Calendar listed as birthdays where it will actually pull those things dynamically from your contact list. So you can go through harvest all those birthdays in Facebook. You can actually use a Facebook Facebook to contacts syncing the app or software to do that once, turn off your Facebook and boom, you've got everybody's birthday when and where you want it. You can even turn that calendar off if you don't want to see it all the time. Can I just give you my phone and you can just take care of this? Heck yeah. And for people out there, I offer this as a certain... No, I don't. (laughs) Well, uh, let's get to our uh, app countdown. The weekly app hot five. 
This week, it's the Hot 5 swimming apps. It's still summertime, right? It is still summertime. Yeah. We're going to start our Hot 5 app countdown at number 5, and uh, that would be Go Swim. Christina. Go Swim is actually the iPhone representative of GoSwim.tv, which is a website that helps you perfect your swimming skills by showing you videos of techniques uh, and just helping you increase your knowledge on how to be a better swimmer. I love it. Talking about uh, the Hot 5 swimming apps here on the Hot 5 Countdown this week. Number four, we've got uh, Swim.com. Swim.com is tailor-made for swimmers. Of course, it provides real-time feedback on important metrics during your swimming. It automatically detects swimming and other crucial things such as stroke type, stroke count, etc. The drill mode lets you track your kick and drill distance through the critical analysis. It provides the right insight into your progress. The price free. Got to like that. Number uh, f- number three here on the uh, the countdown, Graham. Number three is Training Peaks. Now, so this is a really cool app that is designed to track a number of things. So biking, running, and swimming. So if you're looking at doing some sort of triathlon style uh, training approach, you can. And it'll track your activity uh, with a ton of different metrics. So it does speed, distance, and power. And the best thing here is it gives you tons of charts and apps. So if you're looking to get peak performance, Training Peaks. Number two here on the Hot 5 app countdown, we're talking about swimming apps, MySwim Pro. MySwim Pro was actually named Apple Watch of the Year in 2016. It's designed to bolster your swimming and get the best out of you. It features a huge library and uh, tons of customized swim workouts. You can also log your swims and track your progress. And then you can actually export them as a PDF. So you can analyze all of this very important data. Who doesn't love a good PDF? Right. Really? Um, Get it all wet. (laughs) Print it out, right? But uh, one thing that we should mention is it is an Apple Watch app, but not all of the Apple Watches are uh, waterproof. waterproof. You want Series 2 or above. There you go. So you don't want to uh, jump in with your Series 1. That's right. And there are specific models within that. So please take your time and figure out if you've got a waterproof Apple Watch or not. That's right. Otherwise, it's free to download. And the number one... uh, swimming app this week, Graham. This is Swim.io, and so this is an app that lets you set goals for swimming, track your progress, analyze it, and you can uh, join challenges to compete with others. Uh, the best thing is, if you can't, if you don't have a pool near you anymore, if you can't find one, you can actually find one through the app and uh, compete with other people who are swimming at the same pool. So that is Swim.io. That was our Hot 5 app countdown. Again, the Hot 5 swim apps. Uh, let's learn something about our... Uh our iPhones now. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. And we switch it over to Graham. What do we have? So this week, we're, we're still looking forward to Watch OS 5. So if you're on the beta, this is a good one for you. And if you're looking forward to it in the fall, this is a great little uh, feature. It's measuring your cadence with Watch OS 5. So this is a new feature that's coming to the operating system. It's a measure of the steps per minute that you take while you're running. So improving your cadence can improve the efficiency of your stride, give you uh, faster run times, and can minimize the chance of injury. So essentially, all you're going to do is go to the Watch app, go to the My Watch tab, go under Workout, and under workout view section, under outdoor run, tap edit. You'll see a bunch of different metrics in there, and one of those will be cadence. Turn that on, and you are on your way to a better way of tracking your cadence as you run. Love it. That was our iPhone tip of the week. 
When we come back from the break, it's streaming time. We'll be talking about uh, what's streaming on our favorite uh, services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV. Some cool new TV shows and movies. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. We still have lots more to talk about here on the App Show today. Before we get to streaming... Let's go to Graham now for our Game App of the Week. What do we got? So our Game App of the Week uh, this week is a shout-out to a small independent developer. I love these because when you see someone who's clearly developed a game or an app for the first time, uh, you, you got to check it out. So this is a game called Kaikikuku. Uh, it's K-I-K-I-K-U-K-U. Say it again. Kaikikuku. Kaikikuku. Um, and it's a, a small Japanese developer uh, who has created this app. Uh, and the description, I think, is probably one of the best things. Enjoy jumping games for free. Overcome your obstacles by jumping in time. You can collect a variety of jumpers with unique coins earned during play. It's difficult, but you can do it. Never give up. This might be the most Japanese thing I've had to interact with in the last couple of weeks, and it's amazing. The art style is just absolutely hilarious. It's very, it's just a very simple game uh, where you are looking to jump higher and higher and higher. And again, there are... Uh, there are no in-app purchases. Uh, the coins that you earn in-game, you can use to purchase different jumping characters. And uh, if you want to waste some time at the bus stop or uh, while you're waiting in line at the grocery store, uh, Kaikikuku Jump is uh, a really fun game. Kaikikuku. Thank you, Graham. You're quite welcome. Let's find out what's happening now on Netflix, Crave TV, and Prime. Streaming this week. Lots of shows to talk about here, starting off with uh, Netflix, uh, a great uh, British comedy from a few years back, Death at a Funeral. Can I get you a cup of can do many things, Jane, but it can't bring back the dead. You can't fight what we had together. Justin, it was one night. It was a massive mistake. I was drunk out of my mind. You could have been a donkey. Um, so what are you doing next weekend? Have one of these. It'll make the funeral for a patriarch of a wealthy but eccentric British clan is turned topsy-turvy when a stranger appears. Also on Netflix this week, this was a fantastic series, The Sinner, season one. Where did you stab him? I stabbed in his neck. You had no interaction with him before today. I've never met him before in my life. Then why kill him? That's an impulse. When a young mother inexplicably... I can't even say that today. Inexplicably stabs a stranger to death. A sympathetic detective struggles to unlock the mystery buried in her missing memories. This one stars uh, Jessica Biel and Bill Pullman. You'll want to check it out. It's pretty cool. Again, on Netflix. If you like Matt Damon, we've got Downsizing on Netflix. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. Downsizing is about saving yourself. We live like kings. Got the best houses, best restaurants. Cheesecake Factory. Got three of them. In Leisureland, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. (sighs) This was kind of a fun uh, movie. It's a social satire in which a man realizes he would have a better life if he were to shrink himself to five inches tall, allowing him to live in wealth and splendor. Again, starring Matt Damon, Kristen Wiig, you got to check it out. Also uh, coming up here on, uh, well, sorry, going over to Crave TV now, we've got Dice back on track, season two. And this is uh, Andrew Dice Clay. I see you selling out Madison Square Garden. I see you making an album. You're on the Arsenio Hall show. I already did all these things. This is bizarre. I don't see a future. We're letting you out of your contract with the Tangiers, Dice. You're a free man. Sometimes you gotta take a step back before you take a step forward. One step forward, one step back. Aren't you in the same place? That's okay, because I like it here. 
<laughs> he's uh, an acquired taste. Uh, acquired taste. Again, Andrew Dice Clay. You might remember him from uh, years ago. He's got a, a show on Showtime now. Kind of a, a mock documentary of uh, his life. And uh, again, if you're into his type of humor, you'll want to check that one out. Uh, also coming up on Crave TV, and I loved this series. Uh, it's called Episodes, and this is season five. He received a very generous offer from Celebrity Wife Swap. I'm not doing Wife Swap. This is how they see you now. As a game show host? I just got a call from Matt LeBlanc's agent. He's saying Matt asked you to write his next show. So let's just toss things out. There are no bad ideas. In an ideal world, I get to shoot people. But what if I'm a pimp? What if I'm the president? What if I come back from the dead? Are you still the president? I thought there were no bad ideas so did i (laughs) this is uh it's a fun show it's uh starring matt leblanc he actually plays himself uh and uh it's uh, a mix-up of uh, american uh, and british uh, actors and absolutely fantastic and i highly recommend uh, you check it out again that is on crave tv also uh coming up here on prime We've uh, got uh, another series here called Good Behavior. And time. So nine words per minute. I don't get it. I'm a really good texter. Very fast. No typing skills. Recovering drug addict. Plus ex-con. How would you rate your interpersonal skills? Well, people love me. I'm super charming. (laughs) Again, uh, this is called Good Behavior. Letty Rains is a thief and con artist whose life is always one wrong turn, one bad decision from implosion, which is just how she likes it. Let's go to Graham now for our Creative App of the Week, brought to you by Vancouver Film School. What do we got? Our Creative App of the Week this week is a nod to sound design and music. It's called Bandimal, and it's available for iOS and Android. And it's a great way to introduce your kids to the joy of making music. It's a fun and interactive music composer that lets you set up uh, drum loops, swipe through different animals to change instruments, and compose melodies, uh, change those loop speeds, and add some quirky effects on top. So there are nine animals as instruments, uh, some really fun drum loops, and you can uh, output that music music which you can listen to as a music track so that is bandable and so how much knowledge do you have to have as far as musical instruments tap and touch and to be quite honest a lot of this is actually done almost instinctually they, they will teach you how to use the the app with the tutorial but as long as you've got some some rhythm um, and you can hear what sounds good to you you can make great music that was our creative app of the week when we come back from the break you know it's that time we're going to be doing our travel and fitness apps of the week you're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike, Graham, and Christina still here. We've got a few more apps to talk about. Uh, of course, our travel app of the week with Christina. But before we get there, let's get fit with Graham. What's our fitness app of the week? Our fitness app of the week is called Daily Burn. And this is for iOS. Uh, and it's a it's, it's workout builder. And the nice thing about this one is that it starts off by asking you questions. And basically, it's giving you a, an interview to help design the perfect workout for you. Um, you can set your workout schedules, get re- weekly reminders. And you can also uh, guide this by setting, say, for example, uh, weight loss or weekly activity goals. Um, you'll try a, a different workout every day. So you've got 365 daily burn workouts um, and they are actually published at 9 a.m. Eastern time and they're on demand for 24 hours. So if you want something that's going to keep things lively and interesting, uh, you can do that. It is free to download and as with most of these apps, uh, you can get some professional consultation through their subscription model, which can run up to 120 bucks a year. 
That's not bad. It's not bad. Like if you had to pay a personal trainer, I that's mean, one that's, training session. That's one training session. Yep. So I wonder, you're... like, how effective are these? Like, I guess you really have to get into them. You know, I think I think they are. I think a lot of people out there um, are finding that they're a good way to get started. Um, yes. The the one thing I'm finding is I've got a lot of friends who are in the fitness industry and personal trainers and whatnot, and they say that their business is booming because a lot of people get started with this. They get past the initial embarrassment of okay, I've, I wasn't in the greatest shape. They start to make some progress, and then they're like, okay, I really want to turn this up. And then that's when they turn to a personal trainer to really start to maximize the gains that they get. So personal trainers out there, I think, are actually loving apps like this because it's getting people more fitness-minded, which I think is a great thing. Cool, cool. Hey, it's Travel App of the Week, and that means Christina's got something cool. What do you have? I have an app called Hello Talk available on Android and iOS for free. It actually gives you an opportunity to speak a new language while sharing your own language skills with someone else. It connects you with other people to speak uh, the language for a more immersive experience. And you can choose from over 100 languages. So you're actually getting connected. uh, Me, I could get connected with some Spanish dude. And how do we learn anything, like, if I don't know any Spanish? I think you can fi- probably figure it out. <laughs> no, I mean, sounds, it has... Sounds really easy in but, theory, but... Yes, but this is just like a, an old-school language exchange, like a, a lot of other groups, like meetups, where people meet in person okay. to speak languages. Okay, but so you'd I have mean, to have some general knowledge of the language you're trying to learn. Yeah, I'm I mean obviously figure out the basic words before you jump into this yeah. but you're also remember that you're on your phone and you have access to the internet and Google Translate and things like that so you can probably work your way through that I mean this would be good to actually learn how to enunciate words and you you mean pronounce words enunciate pronounce and <laughs> pronounce it's enunciate and pronounce <laughs> It's the Queen's English. I know, I've just been making up words lately, and Christina, like, she's just like, that's not a word. But it sounds- I think we need to get you on Hello Talk speaking to someone who speaks English. And maybe you can language exchange with whatever no, made up Michael. No, I have you to, to, to tell me that I'm not really speaking Wasn't properly. That, that Bruce Willis, I only speak two languages English and bad English. I think that was Die Hard 3. Yeah. Pretty much. And what's yeah. this called again? Hello Talk? Hello Talk. I just downloaded true. it, so I'm going to give this a go. I'm excited. Yeah, oh, you're inspired, Graham. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know that just makes my day. See, you've made the world a better place. <laughs> the only Spanish I know, I actually learned from Disney World. I know how to say uh, uh, "please remain in your seats." So, how do you say it? Permanece en santavos, por favor. Oh wow, you really knew that. <laughs> That was weird. Okay, that's all the time we have left for the app show. Don't forget to listen to our sister show every week. Here on CKNW 980, it's called Get Connected. It's awesome. It's all about the latest tech trends and news and digital homes and smart speakers. You'll love it. Saturdays between 10 and 11 a.m. Vancouver time. Check it out. This is Mike, Christine, and Graham signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.